Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. One best-selling book in human history, amen. I told you I was going to bring out the pastels today, amen. I told you I was going to do This is two years of Easter, amen, piled into one. You're right, Steve, I remember last year it was just, you know, hard to celebrate a resurrection when we were in a season that was more like a crucifixion and in that season. But God is faithful. He will always lead us to a place of triumph, the scripture says. He will always lead us to a place of triumph. And it is good to look around and see some other folks here today in the building worshiping right along with us. Well, listen, um, I want to bring, I want to tell you a story today, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's in, it's in John over at John chapter 4, and you can boot it up or open it up, however you're using your, your app today or your phone or whatever Bible you have. And uh, we, we have been in a series at, at church here uh, that we've been following Jesus Christ as he goes through his ministry, uh, meeting one-on-one with people, connecting with, one, with people one-on-one, and the whole intent was to lead them into a relationship with God. Jesus did that all the time. He preached in church very few times. Most of his ministry was outside at the workplace, at the water cooler, if you will. And today it's at a water cooler. It's at a well. Uh, but he would meet with people he, for lunch, and he would just have these opportunities to talk one-on-one with people. And the whole purpose was to connect and lead to a relationship with God in a series we've called Table Talks. And uh, today I want to look, let us look at one of the most popular and famous one-on-ones that Jesus ever did. And it wasn't at a table, it was at a well. And uh, you may say, well, man, this don't really sound like an Easter sermon. Well, number one, I I don't like to preach sermons. I preach messages, amen, whatever God puts on my heart. Amen, so, but anyway, but once you realize and once you come to know who Jesus Christ is, you realize that a resurrection is not just what he did, but it is who he is. Let me say that again, once you come to really know Christ, the way God wants you to know Christ, you realize that resurrection isn't just what he did, it's who he is. In every area that Jesus comes into, he resurrects. He brings back to life. This is what today stands for. It stands for a season of those things that were dead to come back to life. Hopes, dreams, your marriage, your relationships, your your whatever, your body, your health. Your soul, your spirit, which is the most important thing ever. That right there today represents, if we would invite Jesus into that area. Everybody say, that area. That's a key word today. That's the area that Jesus will bring to life. And so that's what he did. Everywhere he went, he was bringing people to life. And so this is John chapter 4. This is my personal favorite story of Jesus Christ. And... We love big stories. We love the big shows and, and what's the biggest, you know, show. This time last year, everyone was watching this big show around the world about a tiger and a man. Carol Bashkin. It was called, uh, don't want to seem like 10 years ago, amen, no, it was last year. I mean, we love the big shows and the big interviews. There were 16 million people watched Oprah Winfrey as she interviewed Prince Harry and his wife and that whole thing. 16 million people had nothing else. But, I mean, they watched that show. I did not watch it. That's cool if you did. 
but I tell you what I did not miss was the biggest interview ever, and that was the reunion of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I miss all about talking about, hey, I tuned in for that. How many people I got? Hey, sit right there. Let me tell you a story about how my life got twisted and upside down. We went from singing Dead Malt Bones Living again to Fresh Prince of... I had to know what happened to Aunt Viv. So anyway... I was happy that Will Smith and got that worked out. But we love big interviews, big shows, the big movies. You know, what, what's, what's streaming right now? What are you watching? Let me tell you this. Tonight, a uh, little shameless, no shameless plug for this little short film that's called Chosen. That is uh, one of, I think, my opinion, and people always ask me, Pastor Eddie, as a pastor, what's your advice on this Christian movie? Is it really accurate to the Bible? You know, and we've had some through Hollywood where Hollywood just took their way liberty, you know, with that Noah thing, okay, Noah running around the ark with Samson or something, it was like, that's not how it happened, amen, so, but anyway, this little short film kicks off tonight, season two called The Chosen, I really highly recommend it, it's very good, you can catch up on season one, and man, let me just tell you, as a family, sit down with your kids and watch that stuff, talk about it, they do a great job in that stuff, uh, of the production and all of it, and one of them in season one, was one of the best interviews that Jesus did with the woman at the well. As I said, it's one of my favorites for many reasons. One, that Jesus breaks uh, racial boundaries, uh, gender boundaries to talk to this woman because Jews didn't do that. He goes all the way out of his way. And it's the longest conversation in the Bible that Jesus had with anyone. And it's with a woman who we don't even have her name. And, And I love that because you can put your name in the story. It also is a place uh, in that story Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit that can be a fountain living on the inside of you. He also, this is the first place that Jesus uh, revealed himself as being the Messiah. And it was to a Samaritan woman. But over in John chapter 4, this is how I'm going to do it today. There are are, uh, four statements Jesus makes, and each statement has seven words in them. And I've never preached it this way, but it just came out fresh to me, new this way. And, and let me just tell you that these are seven words that can change your life. Again, put the ham out of your mind, put your afternoon out of the mind, whatever's going on. And I, I'm telling you, you can walk out of this building, you can finish watching on live stream today, and your life be transformed and changed forever. If you just get a hold of just one of these statements, one of these words. I'm going to read a few verses together out of the Bible, then the rest will be on the screen. But in John chapter 4, I read out of the New King James, a little bit easier to understand. And we thank you for your word, Lord. Anoint our ears to hear it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It says, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John... Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples did, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. I don't have enough time to explain this, but let me just give you uh, a little spoiler alert. Jesus always, you will find him walking away from religious people and religious drama. He was always walking about, walking away from arguments about what makes you more holy, which religion is right, what's the right way to worship Jesus. He said, man, if you want to argue over washing hands and all that, I'm out. Jesus was always walking away from religion. Here they're arguing over who's baptizing more. Well, how many are you running over there? How big is your church? What, do you, what name do you baptize in? How do you, what do you wear? What do you do this? And what do you do that? And we get stuck on the formalities so many times that we, we miss the most important thing that there is, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, so Jesus walks away from that, and he always walks to the people that are hurting. The people that are like Zacchaeus, who was anxious and received him joyfully. People that were already one into it, really wasn't interested in Jesus. They still want to do their own thing. Jesus was like, hey, man, I'm going to tell you a parable. You ain't going to understand it, but I'm just going to say it to you. And he would say it, and sure enough, their eyes would glaze over, and they would walk away. And his disciples one time said, Jesus, why do you say mysteries? Just be plain. He said, I say mysteries on purpose to really test the hearts of the listeners. Those that really want to get what I have will, will sit a little closer and want to learn and make me explain what I'm saying. Others, they get lost and they walk away. They disqualify themselves. Isn't it amazing how that is? So I want to ask you, how many is hungry and thirsty for the presence of God today? How many is really wanting a life change, something to change in your life? How many is really, honestly, Pastor Eddie, I love the blue blazer today. It looks cool, but, man, I need a life change. How many would say, I need a, something to change in my life, in my family, in my finances? Come on. How many got a teenager needs to change? Come on, Mom. Raise his hand and her hand. Amen. How many, how many need a change? Well, this message is for you. Jesus then comes, and here's our first statement. It says, verse 4, but he needed to go through Samaria. You say, what, what is so big about that? It's huge. Those little seven words, when you understand it can transform your life and can be the beginning of a miracle. First of all, it, it has to do with some uh, things. And if you're familiar with my ministry, River of Life, you, you know what I'm about to say. I talk about this all the time. That there was such uh, racial tension and hostility between the Samaritans and the Jews. And, uh, and so this was huge for a Jewish rabbi to say, I'm going to go through Samaria. What is a Samaritan? In case you don't know, a Samaritan was a mixed race of people that were half Jew and half Assyrian or Gentile. In 771, little history lesson, the Assyrians captured Israel and took them captive, made them slaves. And some of the Jews uh, had children by the Assyrians, which produced the Samaritans. And so Samaritans in this day, when Jesus was there, were looked at and ostracized, and they were, they were discarded as not even being human. And, and, and they actually, you know, it's, it's, let me just say it this, so you're aware of the context of this. The racial hatred and tension was so bad. It was, it's much like the ugly history of America during our Jim Crow laws and our segregation. It was, you had the whites and you had the blacks that had to go to certain bathrooms and things like that. This is exactly what we're reading about. Someone said, well, racism's, racism's not in the Bible. Why do you talk about it? Have you read your Bible? From the Old Testament, when Moses married an Ethiopian woman, his family come against him. I mean, it's all in your Bible. And here, and here the Samaritans not only had to drink from certain water uh, wells, they had to stay within their own city. And the Jews would not even go through Samaria to get to the other side, which Jesus was doing. All the Jews would go to Samaria, and they would walk around. They would avoid people of the Samaritans. That, that's, I want you to see our Lord and our Savior, because you need to have an understanding of who Jesus really was. And here in this verse, Jesus doesn't say, well, I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm kind of praying about it. I need to read a couple of books before I really go. No, no. He says, I need with urgency to go through Samaria. Once you see that, once you see that. So it's a huge racial barrier that Jesus is just kicking wide open. He's the son of God, the God of the universe, a Jewish rabbi. And the second reason why this is so life-changing is that this also is a place where you insert yourself into the story. Did you get it? Did you hear it? Samaria. Everybody say Samaria. Samaria. You, Pastor Eddie, man, I really can't relate to this story. 
uh, I'm not a woman, or even if I am a woman, I've, I don't have a well. We drink, we use Fuji water, bought one in the cafe, amen. Thank you, you supported a missionary. Uh, I don't have a well, I don't have any of that, so I, so I really can't really connect with the story. Well, let's read it again. And this is what the Bible says, that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Samaria. Some area. Jesus needed to go to some area in order to get a miracle to this person. Surely those that are listening and watching with me today, you may have it all together, but if we're really honest one-on-one, you would probably say, yes, I do have some area in my life that is dysfunctional, that is dying, that is dead, that doesn't have any life in it at all. I'm saying, can these bones live? They can. If you allow Jesus to come to your Samaria, tell the person next to you, say, you didn't know you was in the Bible, did you? You were in the Bible. That's you. Now that you're in Samaria and you're ready to move, because if you, if you get that in your mind and in your heart that Jesus can come into your area, he'll change your life. But if we block Jesus out and won't let him into those areas, those deep areas back in the rooms there, when company comes over, you know, I say this all the time, it depends on your relationship with people, how far they have access to your house, right? Friends that you really don't know, you know, they'll come in and stay right there. The Amazon guy, he comes to the front porch, takes a picture, and he's out. Do not come in my house. I don't know the guy. But let me tell you something, when my mom comes over, my dad comes over, my brother comes over, my nephews, my family, they come over, and they just, they, can, they have full access to the house, anywhere they want to go. And a lot of times, especially on Easter Sunday, we come to church, and we're saying, God, I'm going to give you just this little bit of space right here. Now, you done asked God a few minutes ago, you're going to give him permission to go all the way in. That means you want to get, let him have access to those closets. Come on. I have spent a lot of time praying and seeking God for this message because every time I get up to preach, I preach it as if it could be my last sermon ever and that it can change a person's life. And it can if you would just let Jesus come to your Samaria. Okay, you with me? You with me? Come on, say, he's preaching good today. And I like his jacket. Amen. Come on, someone say that to me. I only wear it once a year. Amen. So do not adjust your live stream uh, colors. It is what it is. It's... <laughs> Hallelujah. So Jesus, he comes to Samaria. So what was so important in Samaria that the king of heaven, the Jewish rabbi, had to come? I got to see this. I got to see who he's coming to see. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his, his son Joseph. And now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey. Man, that's another message in itself. I love that because it lets us see the human side of Jesus. He was tired. You ever get tired? You ever get weary? Has 2020 made you tired? It's okay. Just because you have faith don't mean that you can't be feeble at times. Jesus was weary, and he sat down at the well, and it's about the sixth hour. I'll come back to that time because it is important. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Here it is. Jesus went all the way out of his way, broke all these barriers to come to a woman who we don't even have her name to come draw water. Is that you? Are you in that story? Come on, you need to put yourself in that story. That's you. 
He come all the way out of the way. He had you get up and drive all the way out here to River of Life. We have people that drive from everywhere to come to the church. I drive from pretty far. Why? Because a church that's alive is worth the drive. And we got people with that live stream from all over. And God bless you. I thank you for doing that. But God, you came all the way here. And it's because God wants you to hear this message today. I just want to emphasize that so much more. This woman came. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. I don't have time to tell you why his disciples were gone. But Jesus says, you know what, boys? You can't handle what I'm getting ready to do. It's going to offend your religious tradition. So I need you to go into town and give me some five guys. Better yet, some Chick-fil-A. That's what I'm talking about here in Jerusalem. I mean, I, okay, you stay on message, Eddie, okay? So what's the message here? Listen, if you feel like you're in a season of pause or a holding pattern or seem like you're missing out on what God is really doing, don't get offended. God may just simply have you in that area in that season because you're just not really prepared yet for what God has for you. The disciples were not ready for this. That's all that means. And so the disciples were gone. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, asked a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. They would have very little business transactions, but you would never eat, you would never drink with a Samaritan if you were a Jew. And here Jesus is coming. This woman is just blowed away. Blowed away. This may blow you away that everything we've done today, every song we've sung, Every hindrance that you may have had this morning, maybe the kids just were fine yesterday and this morning. It's like an exorcist is in every room and in every child. Your Wi-Fi is probably cutting out. Right, and, and, try, talk, and, I'm doing that, man. It's not, don't start texting our church. And, people say to me all the time, Pastor Eddie, it's like you were driving in my car on the way to church. What you said was exactly what I said. Listen, I... We don't hand out microphones with the visitor's packets. I have no idea what you said. I'm just saying this, that God knows exactly where you are and can have brought you to this service to hear and to get something out of the service if you haven't already. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. Jesus said, yeah, I'm talking to you. Here's sentence number two. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God. Oh, seven words that would change your life. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Some clap just at that verse because you know what that verse means. This is where my heart bleeds. This is where my heart bleeds right here is because people just don't know. People just don't know. I didn't know. People just don't know the life that you can live in Christ. Please put your religious to the side, whatever. Listen to me for a moment. The life that God has for you is your best, is better than anything you can imagine. We focus so much on what we can't do. I gotta give this up. I gotta start coming here. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I gotta get this kind of Bible. I gotta wear a suit like Pastor Eddie. I gotta do this. Listen, no, you don't. You don't have to do any of that. Let me just say one thing you need to do. One thing, here it is. Ready? Get to know Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. Just get to know him. Just get to know him. How do I do that? I, I, I can't really see him. He left us a book. He left us a book. And as you read, like I'm doing this in this story, as you read, Jesus begins to come to life to you. At 25 years old, being brought up in the church, I thought I knew everything there was to know about a church. I saw, I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly in church. 
I saw who was real, who was phony, and who was not. I, I've been through there. I've done that. And I just was so lost in it. I missed this part right here. I don't know if my dad, Pastor Brown, all the great preachers I had in my life never said it. I know they did. I just wasn't listening. But I missed the part that you can have a living and thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. I missed that. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to get across to you today. This is one of the biggest seven sentences that I ever, uh, words that can ever change your life. If you only knew how good it was. The gift of God of what he has for you. I mean, not to mention eternal life in heaven. You ever read Revelation, how beautiful heaven's going to be? I mean, if you only knew how it is. But he, here's the thing. I didn't know, and many don't know because of this right here. Are you listening? I need you to lean in. The Bible says this is why this woman didn't know. And this is why many just don't know what I'm saying even right now. I'm just saying some words. is because the Bible says, For the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers, lest the light of the gospel should shine on them. And even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on the heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Whew, did you read that? He says the reason why we don't see is because there's like a veil that lies on our heart. The Bible says the God of this world. I don't know if you believe in the devil, but he believes in you. He is real. And Jesus described him like this. He come to steal, kill, and destroy. He does it through sin, which seems fun for a moment. But sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you're willing to pay. And it'll keep you there longer than you want to stay. And Jesus said his mission is to kill and destroy and just stomp out every bit of life and hope and joy. You will live by temporary thrills from weekend to weekend like I did. And the reason why we do that is because we have a veil on our, on our eyes like this. He actually says on our minds. Oh, Lord, he's putting on a mask. Okay. How many would like me to finish preaching this way? No. He says on our minds. In other words, you can see. Like I can see a little bit out of this right now. But I really can't see. And so what this woman was doing, what everybody else does, where's my bucket? Is because you don't see what Jesus really wants you to see. This is how we live our lives. All we see is our bucket. And we just come here and we get a little bit of water. Everybody else is getting water. That's all I can see. I can't really see the big picture. I don't know what anybody else has had. All I can see is who's around me. All I can see is this a little bit here. I can see the well, and I'm just going to keep getting water. It's, you know, it's Monday. It's time to get some water. It's Tuesday. I need to get more job. I need to get more money. i got to have a boat. My neighbor just got a boat, so i, I got to get a boat too, and, and it's all i got. i got to have nice clothes. i got to have better clothes, and my kids got to be dressed better. Than that. And we live, and we're just consumed with just right here. And Jesus is standing at the well saying, if you only knew what I have. I want to take this veil off. You ever hear the saying, I once was blind, but now I see. That's exactly, that's exactly what, what this means. Let's watch how he did it. Jesus did this in action. I love it. Let's watch the master. So he just said, I'll give you this living water. The woman then said to him, sir, in verse 11, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? That well is deep. Yeah, the well is deep. It's still there today. It's over 75 deep feet deep right now. It's, it's been there for a couple thousand years. It's been preserved. Thousands of years actually. 
And it is very deep, but I somehow might think she was also talking about herself. The problems that I do have that you're trying to offer me, they're pretty deep. And the woman answered and said, and Jesus said to her, first he said, she said, sir, give me some of this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Now here she's getting interested. Here she's starting to get a little bit, mm, you know what? I kind of like what Pastor Eddie's saying today. I, I kind of can see myself in some of this message. And man, that one song really got me. And I don't understand everything about everything right now. But man, I'm kind of leaning in a little bit because I'm getting so tired of coming to this well with my little bit of bucket. I'm try, tired of going to this well and to that well and doing this and always drinking but always thirsty. I'm tired of it. So, so you know what? I'm leaning in just a little bit, Pastor Eddie, because you got my attention. That's exactly what she did. And then I love Jesus, what he said to her. Jesus said to her, then uh, why don't you go call your husband and, ha and come here? Go call your husband and come here. Okay, so now he wants to meet Bob. I mean, what, he's wanting to meet Billy Joe? You may be thinking, okay, he just wants to meet the husband. But Jesus is doing something a little different here. It's what he does in all of our lives when that veil starts to come off. He said, I want you to go get your husband. Bring him here. And I love what the woman said. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. I don't know how she said this. I don't know if she was like, I have no husband. Been through this several times. And man, dude, I'm with now. He's not, I don't know if she said it like that. Or she was like, I ain't got no husband. You, been, you think you know everything? Ha, gotcha. I don't even have a husband. I don't know how she said it. But she did say, I have no husband. Jesus then said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have at home that you're living with is not the one for you. <laughs> That's ready. I liked it when you had the blindfold on, man. You were doing so good. Man, you're getting in my stuff right now. You're getting in my life right now. What's happening? Jesus is taking that veil. He's trying to take that veil off. He's confronting her issue. Listen, he's confronting your issue. To give you this living water, he's going to confront that issue. With her, it was relationships. Now, listen, it's not fun being single. The Bible even says that God said it is not good for man to be alone. So I get it. You should be praying that, you know, God's will be done in your life. But here's the thing. If you are the type of person like she was, where she had to have somebody, had to have a relationship in order to feel valuable, in order to have affirmation in her life, then that's going to be a problem for you. That's why she went through five. And the guy she was with didn't care, but it was better to be in single. That's the kind of situation that she's in. Just had to be in a relationship. There's people that's got to be in a relationship. Like you're in ninth grade at high school. You go through three boyfriends before first hour. <laughs> I got to be in a, I got, you know, I'm not dating him no more. I'm dating him. You know, I'm, I'm in a relationship. I mean, that's how we are. But I know some grown adults that are the same way. And I'm here to say, you, until you discover your, your value in who you are as a son or a daughter in Christ, then no other man or no other woman will ever satisfy what you're needing and looking for in your life. Are you thirsty? Do you want this water? Because I can really help. Now, the woman had a relationship problem, but go ahead and put your problem in there. You could be, man, i got to work 80 hours a week or I don't feel like I'm a man enough. I don't feel affirmed. I don't feel like affirmation. i got, I got to put my family on hold, everybody on hold because i got to get that money. got to get that bank account fat. i got to get a boat. got to get a car. i got to go, 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 go like that. Jesus says, come on, go get that issue. Go get your boat and bring it here. Could be like me. I used to, it was thrill-seeking 
Went from party to party, club to club, bar to bar, garage to garage. I'd climb on top of a roof with someone just to drink and party. It was just anything, you know. And every week they come out with a new drink. You know why? Because the drink gets old after a while. So they come out with this flavor and this wine cooler. Remember wine coolers? <laughs> All over the place today. And we got to go to this, and we got to go that. Now this is legal, so now we got this. Have you tried this? And have you? The world is always trying to throw something in front of you. Always trying to throw something in front of you because he got to keep you distracted. Why? Because he's got to keep the blindfold on. He's got to keep your eyes totally blind and just go into that little bit of well with your little bit of bucket running around. Everybody's got the same bucket. I got a bucket. You got a bucket. My bucket's like yours bucket. Everybody's got a bucket. But Jesus says, hey, I want to exchange your bucket for a fountain today if you would just let me... So, go get your husband. Bring him here. Watch what she says, verse 20. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where you ought to worship. What is she doing? Deflecting. Deflecting. Jesus is starting to take that veil off. Who is so good? Jesus is trying to take that veil off. And she's going, okay, which religion's right then, Jesus? The Baptist, the Pentecostal? I was raised Catholic. I was raised this. I'm, you know, Muslim, Buddha. Come on. Which one's right, Jesus? You know, that's why, that's why I don't put down my bucket is because there's so many other religions over here, and I really don't know what else to do. And, you know, so I want to talk about Jacob, this guy I don't even know. But I want to talk about anything right now because i got to have my blindfold on because i got to have my bucket because I've gotten used to it so much. So, Jesus, please tell me about Jacob and about Presbyterians and Lutherans. And, and I run across it all the time. As soon as you start connecting with people and telling them about Jesus, how he's got a plan for your life, man, and it's such a better life, we love to throw that up. Maybe someone throws up this, man, my grandma died when I was a kid, and I prayed for her. She died. Or so-and-so this, or I lost a job, or I was in an accident. I was healthy until this happened. I talked about it last week, that sometimes God will fulfill his word, but it's always in a way that we don't expect it. No one expected Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of the universe, to come here and allow Roman soldiers to nail him to a cross. It messed Judas up so much that he betrayed him. But if you can just recognize what God is doing in your life in seasons like that, you'll make it to your resurrection. So she starts deflecting. That's what we do. And Jesus got kind of tired of it, and he started to end the conversation and he said, woman, I don't know what tone he said this in, like, woman? <laughs> I think it was kind of, you know, like, woman, if you only knew. I think it was like that. He says, woman, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father is seeking such. He's looking for people that is going to worship him in spirit. What does all that mean? He's saying, listen, it's not about a Jew. It's not a Jew thing, a Gentile thing, a black thing, a white thing, a rich person thing, a poor thing, a Presbyterian, a Baptist, a Catholic, an assembly of God. It doesn't matter how fat your bank account is. It's a heart thing. It's a heart Thing, woman, it's a heart thing. It's about your heart being right with God and Him washing you clean from sin and making you new again and washing your mind and making you a new creation. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Then the woman said to Him, I know when the Messiah comes, He's going to tell us everything. <laughs> there she goes again. I know God's just going to fix this mess. 
And you might be saying, Pastor Reddy, you almost got me, man. You almost got me. I'm about ready to answer and say yes to Jesus. But you know what? I'm just going to wait until things really get bad. I'm going to wait until we have something that one of the big signs in Revelation takes place. Something like it. Something's going to cause the world to come to a halt. And cash will almost be gone. And there'll be divisions and racial tensions and wars all over the world. And a pestilence that will shut down the world. i got to wait for something like that to happen before I really have the blindfold come off. Now, who's wearing the silly jacket? <laughs> and then Jesus says these seven words. Please listen. This will change your life forever. Wait till things get bad. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till the Messiah comes. He says, I who speak to you am he. I who speak to you am he. I am what you're looking for. I am what you're thirsting for. I'm what you keep looking for. A TikTok, Snapchat, whatever you want to do, you're going to this. Got to get a new video game. Got to be in a new relationship. Got to get a new job. Got to get a new husband. Got to get a new wife. Got to get one of each. Got to get three. I mean, I mean, whatever. We're living in a society that whatever a beat, a heartbeat has a heartbeat. Then hey, you're with me. Whatever. I mean, we're living in them. What's happening? We're thirsty. We're looking. We're looking. And Jesus goes, Hey, hey, hey! Stop the madness. I'm the one that you're looking for. I'm the one that you need. I'm the one that you need, woman. Hey, see right here. I'm the one that came all the way from Judea, made them religious people leave, so I can have an encounter on Easter Sunday, 2021, right into your living room. And say, I don't care how many times you heard this story. I don't care how many resurrection services you've been in. I came just for you today. Today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is your day to put the bucket down. Today is your day. Hallelujah. He said, I'm the one. I don't like that about Jesus and Christianity. Jesus is so, you know, he's so... You know, he's inclusive. He's, he's so exclusive. He's not, no, 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 no. Jesus is, it's not that he is inclusive when we say Jesus is the only way. We're just being specific. Because Jesus is the only person that died for the sins of the world. He's the only one that died for your sins, and he's the only one that rose again on the third day. I don't mean to offend you, but Muhammad has to take a seat and Muslims have to sit down and Hira Krishnas and Hindus and Buddhas all have to sit down when I talk about this part in religiosity because only my Lord and only my Savior came back out of the tomb and said, I will rise again on the third day. Only he did it. Only he did it. He's the only one. It's not being harsh. It's not sometimes the truth can offend us if we've been living with a lie. But Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I'm the one. You can't get to heaven by just being a good person, sprinkled, baptized, have a Bible, know the song. I got to be able to come in to your life. Revelation says this, that Jesus stands at the door and knock. One of my first scriptures that I ever memorized, Revelation 3.21, it had the pretty picture. Jesus with his long blonde hair. I think he was holding a lamb and he's knocking at a door. That Jesus was not this Jesus. Some of the Jesus, as we grew up thinking, he just goes through the field, Steve, 
And men think, man, i got to serve God. I can't be a real man. It takes a real man to put your flesh down and to walk in the Spirit. So if you want to talk about what a real man does, I, will, I could tell you about what Jesus did for you. Jesus let a Roman soldier spit in his face and pull his beard out. And he could have called a legion of angels like that to clean that garden out. But he said, no, I'm going to willfully put my life down. I'm going to let the women leave. I could have had any woman I wanted. I had them washing my feet, baby. But I'm going to put them outside of the room because I only do the things that are pleasing to my father. That's what Jesus did. Oh, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. Well, then you got to get this living water. You got to put the bucket down. You got to put the bucket down. That's how you get it. That's what Jesus is saying. You want to live like this? You want to, you want to have something that finally quenches your thirst? It's not a religion. It's letting me in. Because I'm the only one that died. I'm the only one that's going to die for you in a few days. I want to come in. I'll change your whole life. I'll turn your whole life around. Only Tanya, only Ladon. Best friends I grew up with running the streets together with Ladon. Just blows my mind away and blesses me every time I hear him worshiping behind me. Because he's tasted of that water and it's changed his life. And the last seven word statement I want to give you before we end is I love what she did. Now this is going to be where we say goodbye or we say let's go. This is where we say goodbye. Or this is where we say, let's go. What are you going to do? Because you're in the story. Are you still in the story? You're in the story. You may not be a woman, but I told you, if you got him in that area, he's in your area. He's sitting on your bed looking at you right now. He's in there right now. Now, this is your chance to participate and respond. The Bible says in verse 28, the woman left her water pot. She left her water pot. I've been carrying this around. I got this when I was about 13 because everybody else did it. They had it on Snap that this was the way to do it. I did a little TikTok song. It was so cool. And so I've been having Now I'm 25, and I can't go three hours without having a clean mind. Every woman I look at, I undress. Every man I look at, I undress. I, every time I get money, I got to gamble. I got to do this. Every time I see a new beer commercial, I'm about to die because I got to just have a drink. I have no relationship, no peace. I, my kids are like an enemy. My house is like a war zone. I have no peace in my home, but I got my bucket. You can live that life if you want. God gave you a free will. He gave it to you. Those that are like this woman that says, I'm, I'm going to take my free will. I'm going to put that bucket down. She put the bucket down. Why? Because God gave her a fountain. And you know what she did? The Bible says she went running back into town. Oh, yeah, let me tell you what's so significant about that hour that she came. She came at the uh, sixth hour, the hour there. It's at noon. No one ever came to draw water at noon. It's the hottest time of day. Women came in the morning. But she came at noon because she didn't want to be judged. She didn't want the drama. Some of you are watching right now. I see you. You're on Facebook, and you won't go into the thing so we can see that you're watching. So you watch without clicking the button, or you never chat, or you go to the online and watch. Because you don't want no one to know that you're watching. Or maybe you're here and you just can't wait till I say amen, have a good day, because you are out of here because right now the Holy Spirit is convicting you so bad. But I want you to know that God says, hey man, I can turn it around like I did this woman. Now the people she was avoiding, 
she put the bucket down and she went running into the city and said, hey, everybody, come meet a man that told me everything I ever did. He knew, all, and don't bring your bucket, baby, because he knows all about that bucket. I'm telling you, matter of fact, bring your bucket because he wants to give you some living water. Come meet a man that just told me everything I ever know. And the Bible says this, last scripture, that all the people came out, and then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, but for we ourselves had heard him, and we know that this indeed is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Savior of the world. I'm not taking your word for it no more. I've experienced it myself. I've experienced it myself. It's so much better than a temporary thrill. It's so much better than a bucket. I got that living water. This is how I made it through 2020. Hey, I, hey, I know the struggle is real. We all have a, a sin nature. And the battle, may, you may seem like you've lost a couple. But I'm here to tell you, dust your pants off today. Let That well might be clogged with sin and dirt today. God can unclog that well today and give you fresh water that will flow out of your life again. Why don't you stand with me today? Done preaching. This woman of Samaria, one of the most popular stories because of everything I just said to you, but most of all is because she did exactly what we're supposed to do when we talk about table talks. She met with the Lord. He changed her life. Then she went out and changed everybody else's. You don't got to be a preacher. She wasn't a preacher. She just went and said, hey, man, you got to come. You got to come and see. We're coming out of this pandemic, this crazy season we've been in. Let's not go back to the way we were before it. Some of you are already building bridges right back to where you were. And I'm telling you, man, how long are you going to go to that well? How long are you going to go to that well? Bring your bucket and let Jesus give you some river of living water today. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're watching online, if you're here in the building, you say, Pastor Eddie, man, that's me. All four of those statements, man, I see myself in all of them. But today, I want to put down this bucket and I want to get that fountain in me again. Some of you, it's going to be for the first time. Others of you, it's been a long time. If you're watching online and says, that's me, I need to get right with God. What a day to get right with God on the biggest day in Christianity, the day where Jesus came back to life is the day that you can come back to life. I remember my spiritual birthday. It was November the 5th, 1997. I was just driving a truck and I prayed this prayer. I was thinking about it for a long time, but I was so tired of my bucket life. It was fun sometimes, but man, I wanted something better. I want something better for my kids, better for my wife, better for me. And at 25 years old, I said, God, I don't know if I can stay away from the bucket but if you can, come into my life and give me that fountain. Here I am. Got to be 24 years this November. And I don't even remember where I left my bucket. It's somewhere back there in Melvindale. On Claran Street. Went down in my basement and I got rid of anything and everything that would offend God, that would lead me right back to the bottom. I mean, that's, you know, when you break up with somebody... Back in the day, we used to have these pictures. We, when we took a picture, we had a big glass cube on it. And it would go. 
And then we come out with Polaroid, and it was so sweet. You could get your picture in seconds. But when you broke up with somebody, you would take that picture. You'd cut it up. If you was in high school, you'd give back the starter jacket sometimes. The ring, I don't know. When you break up, man, you break up. And when you really break up, you break up. Listen, that's how it is with the devil. Some of y'all need to break up with the devil. You need to kick that bucket down the driveway, kick it down the street. Don't just say, I'm going to put it down for Easter Sunday because I want to be like Pastor Eddie and wear a jacket like him. You'll never be this fly. So anyway, I'll tell you. I said, little Theo today looks fly. And everybody said, what is fly? On point, I don't even know. Some of you had to put your bucket down for just a few hours. So I'm here to tell you, please, if you only knew how good your life can be. Maybe a little struggle here in the beginning because you're changing gears. You've been living your life going to that stupid well for 20, 30, 40. Put your age in there. For me, it was 25 years. 12 of them, I was going to that well every single day. Started out just on weekends. Then I got me a good job making some money, doing this and doing that. But I was still just going to that well. But on November the 5th, 1997, I laid down that bucket and I said, God, come into my life. I don't know if I can do it, but I'm willing to try. I went down to my basement. I cleaned it all out. I took my family. I said, listen, we're going to go get some church clothes. We went to Salvation Army. I'm not ashamed to tell you that sometimes that's what you got to do. I had one suit. I wore it to court and court and court and a wedding. And I wanted to dress nice. I didn't have nothing like this. My car leaked oil all the way there, had, had no shocks, I had a Buick Skylark, and so it looked like I had the hydraulics all the way to, all the way to church. I'm telling you, so I'm 25 years old, got my beautiful wife, two little daughters in the back, four and six, had no idea, but daddy on Friday came home with his check. Daddy on Saturday didn't go out to the bar and blow his money. Daddy is picking up my daughters and saying, baby, I love you, and I'm going to be here with you till, till Jesus calls me home. You ain't got to worry about it no more because I put the bucket down. I put it down. I put it down. Now, come on, baby. I want you to go to church with me because you've got to come see a man that told me everything that I ever did, man. Man, have you been tempted? Have you been through? Oh, man, I've been through it, man. I've been through it. Yeah, that's another whole week. Come back next Sunday. It's because it's a lifestyle. I'd love to tell you that you're never going to have another pain. You're never going to have another problem. That's nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible. Paul said in Corinthians, he says, I suffer every day, this and that. I don't say this to impress you. I say this to warn you that all those that live godly will suffer persecution. It's going to happen, man. But you know what? You got somebody rolling with you now. You got somebody walking with you now saying, come on. And he said, he'll never allow anything put on you more than you're able to handle. So come on, put that bucket down today. Put that bucket down. If you're in watching online, put it in the chat. I'm putting the bucket down today. If that's you, if you're putting that bucket down, put your heads bowed right now. Just bow your heads right now. Close your eyes. If you're in this room, say, Pastor Eddie, I'm putting that bucket down. And on Easter Sunday, 2021, I want that fountain that you talked about. I want you to lift your hand. Come on, lift your hand in this gymnasium right now. Lift it up high. I see hands all over. I'm putting the bucket down, and I want that fountain again. Come on, you're serious. You're getting back with God. You're getting right with God. Whatever terminology you want to use, I'm putting the bucket down today, and I want that fountain in Jesus' name. 
Amen, amen, amen. Keep that hand up. Now put that other hand up right now. Those of you online, participate with me right now in Jesus' name. Why don't you say, Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the woman at the well. And I thank you to come into my area. Thank you for coming to my area today. I have sinned. And I confess to you today. But from this day forward, help me to put the bucket down. Help me to walk away from my old life and walk in new life that you have created for me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. While those hands are up, this is what we do. Come on, can those bones live? Can those bones live? Yes, they can. They can live. They can live. Come on, they can live. You can live. You will live and not die. Not just a figurative, but in your soul and in your spirit. Because you now received the word of God. Listen, I I recommend, man, get into church. Come back. If you're in this area, if you're watching online, find you a church. I know it's crazy times. 60% of churches in our country, believe it or not, are still closed to in-person. We're open. You can come here. A church that's worth the drive is alive. Amen, right? You come here. But find you a church somewhere because you all need some help keeping this bucket because this bucket has a way of just showing up. Friday night, your friends, they weren't here. They weren't in this service. They have no idea what you're talking about. That's why you got to be with this woman. This woman went back and said, hey, don't give me that bucket. You come with me. Come meet a man that told me everything. And you're going to need help doing it. That's what the church is here to do. But you can do it. Your life can be changed from this day forward. Let us know. Email me. Drop it in the chat if you've gotten saved. If you put your bucket down, I want to hear from you. I want to know about it. We also want to connect with you and encourage you to come to our small groups when we have them. We have one that's ongoing for new believers. We can help you with that. Your life will never be the same, man. Amen. Slip your hands to the Lord. Father, I bless your people today. I thank you for what you did in this service. We've given you permission, and God, you have done it. You've come to our area. You have showed us. You've taken off the veil of so many that were blinded by this world. Father, help us to keep it off. Help us to keep the buckets out of our lives and to keep your well flowing strong and clear and pure in our hearts. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give God some praise today. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.